Up next, peace, love, and pets. I'm Robin with Woods Humane Society. My guest today is Shannon McCowitt and Tony Huffaker with Hospice of San Luis Obispo. Shannon is the executive director for Hospice Slow County, and Tony Huffaker has been the counseling director for Hospice Slow County since 2010. Welcome to Peace, Love, and Pets, you guys. Thank you. you. I'm happy to have you here, and we've worked together in the community for many years, and I think some listeners may be interested to hear how we work together and how we service similar uh, needs in the community and how we serve different needs in the community. So I am going to ask you, Shannon, to start by just giving our listeners an overview of what you do at Slow Hospice and some of the programs and services and how you can support the community. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So Hospice Slow County, we are a non-medical volunteer hospice and community grief center. We believe that the end of life deserves as much respect as the beginning, and we support all San Luis Obispo County residents who are grieving a death or coping with a life-limiting illness or facing the end of life. We are one of four hospices in San Luis Obispo County, but we are the only non-medical hospice. In fact, we are one of only 17 non-medical hospices left in the country. And so San Luis Obispo County, in my humble opinion, is incredibly lucky to have such amazing support between ourselves and the medical hospices available in our community. And so Hospice Slow County supports the community in working with those near the end of life and the people who love them by providing in-home support, caregiver respite, grief counseling, support groups, community grief response, and education. All of our services are provided at no charge, and we do not bill insurance. So we depend 100% on community donations, fundraising, grants, bequests, planned gifts, and of course, the time and talent of our amazing volunteers who provide the support to our clients and the community. Wow. Well, that's a lot. Thank you so much for sharing. And I don't think a lot of people know that you have an amazing program that I got to be a part of several years back. It's called the Your Pet Peace of Mind program. And I really wanted our listeners to be able to hear more about the program. So Pet Peace of Mind is actually an international program that was developed specifically for hospices. And the idea is that we train volunteers to go into homes and help support the animals so the animals can stay with their owners, their humans, through their owner's end of life. And so a lot of times, I'm going to use dogs as an example, um, as the owners and their caregivers are um, really becoming more and more unable to take care of the animals, get them out for walks, get them to the vet appointments, get them to the groomers. Um, The volunteers come in and can help with that, can get those dogs taken for walks, transport them to the vets, transport them to the groomers, and really provide that additional love and support um, and care for those animals so the animals can stay in the homes. Because as we all know, and as we all understand, the pets are members of that family. And they are a huge support and a huge piece of that unconditional love. And it's so important to keep that family unit together, especially through the end of life, Um, not just for the human, but also for the animal. That's where we come in. For those 
owners who do not have a plan for the animal when they're gone. We work with them to develop a plan and to really get to know their animal and get to know the owner's wishes and beliefs for the animal about where they would want their animal to go. Mm. And we work with them to develop a plan. And then upon their death, Hospice Low County takes ownership of the animal, we foster and rehome it. Now we cannot do that for all animals in the community at large. We do that specifically for our clients who we've built a relationship with and we've developed a plan of care for their animal. And that's where that pet peace of mind concept comes in because we do not want families to have to remove the animal from the home too soon or what a lot of people have done in the past is actually put their animals down Mm. too soon Mm. because they just can no longer care for them or don't know what to do or have nowhere for that animal to Mm. go. And so that's where we can really step in and help provide that care, keep them together, and then really provide that peace of mind that that animal will be cared for beyond. Wow, what a great program and what a great service. And I see a different side of that where unfortunately we do see so many animals end up at county shelters, at woods, because they have not made any plans. They have maybe either been in denial or it just wasn't something that family was comfortable bringing up. It is so important for people to have those conversations. Can you go a little bit more into detail on if someone is interested in becoming a volunteer specifically for the Pet Peace of Mind program? Absolutely. So you can um, visit our website, hospicesl.org, and go to the volunteer tab, and you can fill out uh, forms expressing interest, and then we will email you information. You can call our number at 805-544-544. 2266 and ask to speak to our volunteer manager and express interest. We will be offering a pet peace of mind volunteer training in the new year. I do not have specific dates at this moment, but if you contact us and give us your information, we will um, put you on the list to be notified as soon as we have those dates available. And what kind of commitment is it time-wise? And is it mostly cats and dogs? It is mostly cats and dogs. I mean, we've had some other animals and it all depends on, you know, volunteer availability and what the volunteers um, kind of background and skill set and what their interest is. We really work hard, especially in Pet Peace of Mind, to match a volunteer with a client who is close in proximity to where they live. We're wanting and hoping that they will stop by more often. Mm. So the visits are not as long mm. as with a, a human client, um, but maybe you know popping in more often throughout the week, like maybe a few times a week going and taking them for a walk or, you know, and then every once in a while there's a transport to a veterinarian appointment or a grooming appointment. So again, we're very flexible and typically the max, any of our volunteers, regardless of what they're doing is a max of four hours a week. Okay. And then what about fostering? Do you, uh, do you also have some volunteers that I'm assuming if somebody yes. goes into like 
hospital or something comes up, are you looking for people who can foster owned pets? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. If you're interested in fostering an animal, you can contact us. We keep a list of fosters. And then if an animal is needing uh, some temporary foster, we'll reach out to the foster list. So this is a whole nother opportunity. If you are a animal lover out there and wanting to do good and give back, but maybe volunteering at a shelter is just not your cup of tea, this is such a great opportunity. Because with shelter animals, you don't always know their background. You don't know their personality. Are they going to be jumping? Are they like going to like men? Are they going to like kids? But when you're helping a loved pet and you have some information from the owner or the family, you know their personality. You know their likes, their dislikes. I feel like that's a very easy way to step into possibly fostering um, and supporting people and pets in the community. What a great program. I just cannot thank you enough for offering it. I wanted to just remind you, if you are just joining us, this is KCBX Public Radio. You're listening to Issues and Ideas. I'm Robin from Woods Humane Society, and my guests today are Shannon and Tony from Hospice of Slow. And Tony is here to give us your expertise. You have given your life to grief and supporting people with loss and counseling when it comes to pet loss and aging pets. I know that you either hear from people, oh, it's just a cat or dog, you know, move on. Mm -hmm. Or you hear, it's like the worst loss that I have gone through is losing my cat or dog that I have had for 15 years. So you hear everything in between. Of course, you're focused a lot on people and grief and Mm -hmm. families, but pets are a big part of those families and especially in this community. So I would love for you to share your insights. Sure, sure. Before I get started, let me just say, wonderful organization, Woods. We adopted a dog from Woods um, years ago with my daughter when she was in school. Tremendous experience. He was a little difficult to manage at first, Woods was tremendously supportive. We called back and said, oh, what do we do? Great input. You know, was able to make that relationship work. He was with us for many, many years Aww. before we ultimately had to euthanize him. Yeah. So just want to well, word out you. about I, Woods. I love to hear those stories. Going into what you're saying, Robin, yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we have to think about is it's that idea that losing a pet is really a what we call a disenfranchised grief. And so it's the idea that there are certain types of grief that society as a large just says don't count. And so we don't honor it, we don't respect it, we don't validate it. Just generally, like say if somebody miscarries, that grief is often discounted. We can just have another kid. Mm. And with dogs, cats, pets, it's like, oh, well, it's only a dog, it's only a cat, that type of thing. So when we say what's the first thing that we can do for people who've lost an animal, we can really acknowledge that everybody's loss is different. There's no, uh, one person can lose an animal and, and recover from that pretty quickly and be okay. Somebody else can lose an animal and be devastated. And so we really need to acknowledge, first of all, that how everybody reacts is different based on their life, their other loss experiences. And the next thing we can do is really acknowledge the loss um, rather than disenfranchising a loss. And the one thing you get from people is it's only a dog. The other thing you get from people is, oh, well, let, let's get them another dog. Let's mm. get them another cat as if they weren't individuals like that they're they're just they're you know just, they're they're units okay here's them, yeah here's unit one. right exactly and for some people that's fine but we don't know mm-hmm. so let's respect and listen to what our friend neighbor uh, congregation member is saying and support them in that rather than say oh well, this is what you should do you right. should do this we like to do that don't we like yeah. we oh, like people people like love to, to do that you, you just need to get a hobby <laughs> you know whatever it people do all sorts of, it's amazing um, as we say when we do groups at hospice number four on the list of uh, on the list of the group guidelines. 
guidelines. Giving advice is not a function of the group, mm-hmm. but sharing experiences that have aided you may be helpful to others. So, yeah, if we can, first of all, listen to our friends and family, support them, but not tell them, you know, what they need to do. Um, you know, I think the other thing uh, that we really need to acknowledge, um, there's a lot of research going on now in the brain and in neurology with grief. Uh, Mario Francis O'Connor has a book that's been out a year or two now, The Grieving Brain. Um, and one of the things she talks about is, you know, from the time of toddlerhood, we kind of map where people who are important to us are, mm-hmm. you know, mentally. It's sort of like, okay, where are they? And when someone dies, uh, you can't find – they're not here and they're not there. They're nowhere, and that's very difficult. And so, again, with an animal – who you may be with, you know, especially if it's a companion animal, maybe it's someone who's a retiree and is home a great deal. You may be with that animal more than you are with other people. That loss of that animal really has some neurological consequences for people. You know, your brain is really going, what is up with this? You know, how can we, how can we do that? I think one of the other things that's really unique, so often with animals, just like with people now, it's so much more common that is, they near the end of their life, uh, we euthanize them. Mm-hmm. Rather, like just like in the old days, people died of a heart attack and fell over, and now we have CPR and we have ambulances mm-hmm. and we have these things. So people tend to live longer, and we have to make decisions about what we want our end of life to look like. So often with animals, you know, we reach a point where they really have to be euthanized. And as hard as that is with people, and I've certainly had this experience with with our dog, it's so much harder with an animal. You can't communicate with them. You can't say, "Hey, what do you think? How are you feeling about mm-hmm. this?" You know, it's it's your is this it, the right decision. What, what's is it your time? what's your yeah. quality of life? You know, mm-hmm. and so um, very very hard for folks. I very rarely ever had anybody come to grief counseling anyway who says, "Oh yeah, I felt this was exactly the right time." Mm-hmm. And people can really do it either way too. We have people say, "Oh, I did that too early," mm-hmm. but then we have people who say, "Oh, I held on too long." You know, I, I hear love, a I, lot of yeah. that, that. You know, they kept them longer for themselves mm-hmm. than they probably should have looking back. I think we probably all can understand that. And you're right. I so I'm just like, wish you could tell me. I wish you could just tell me if it's time. I wish you could just tell me if you want to still hang on. I hear like, oh, they still wag their tail. They must still be happy. Or, oh, they're still eating, you know. But, yeah, you, you do have to make that decision for them. And it's definitely not easy. Very difficult for people, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, again, I think to support people and let them know, hey, it's – it's. Uh, Counseling is a perfectly valid option for people who've lost an animal, just like people who've lost a parent or lost a child. It's perfectly legitimate. You've got a loss. We don't compare losses. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't compare the loss of a child, the loss of a parent, loss of a pet. We say everybody's had a loss. Everybody's welcome to come get counseling. And that's certainly something, you know, that we offer at Hospice Slow for people. Being at Woods for almost 10 years, I have heard everything from adopters. Sometimes they come in the day they euthanize an animal. They just said, I cannot go home to an empty house. I cannot do it. And sometimes I hear people say, it's been five years since I've had a dog. I, I, and I'm just like, I just feel ready now. And we hear everything in between. As we do encourage people just to be sure that you're not looking to replace mm-hmm. the animal that you've lost. Yeah. When you, you know, There's no harm in, in getting another animal right away. As long as you're clear, I think that this is not a replacement. Tell us about the upcoming pet remembrance ceremony. Please, Shannon, tell us about this wonderful event coming up. Yes, we have Pause to Remember, and it is a special ceremony in memory of lost pets. And it is happening Wednesday, December 6th at 6 p.m. And it's uh, taking place at the office of Hospice Slow County. And we're located at 1304 Pacific Street in San Luis Obispo. 
And during the pause to remember ceremony, we read the names of departed pets out loud. And it's a really beautiful ceremony that includes poetry, candle lighting, sharing of stories. So you can learn more at our website at hospicesl.org. And the Pause to Remember ceremony is a part of our annual Light Up a Life offering throughout the county. But this particular one we do for the pets in our lives. Just the candlelight glow and the calm, sweet, healing energy. If you can't make it, you can still participate and the animal's name will still be read and you send the commemorative ornament. You can do that in honor or memory of somebody, which is a great holiday gift. It's December 6th coming up. More information on your website. You can make a small donation, have the animal's name read, get that little sweet ornament is anything else we want to mention, guys, that I overlooked about the organization or how people can get involved? Do you have a social media page that people can follow? We do. We have an account on Facebook and we're also on Instagram at Hospice Slow County. Okay. I think you can find us yeah, that so, okay. way. So website or social media is a great place to get yep. more information and upcoming events, ways people can get involved and support. Well, thank you so much for coming. Tony, anything you want to add? Just thank you so much. It's really a topic that doesn't get talked about enough, and I'm glad to uh, have the chance. As we wrap up here, I want to thank my guests, Shannon and Tony from Hospice of Slow, for joining us. I want to end with letting our listeners know that Giving Tuesday is right around the corner, a big day for nonprofits all over the nation. Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and so many wonderful, generous community members have made it a day after the retail shopping, after eating all the food, after the Cyber Monday. What else is better than to give back to a worthy cause? So whether it's public radio, whether it's Hospice of Slow, whether it's Woods Humane Society, please consider supporting these organizations. We quite honestly cannot do it without your support. So if you can make a donation this holiday season, please find a local charity that you love and support and let us do more good out in that community. We are also celebrating Senior Pet Month at Woods. So great time to remember those senior pets that are waiting in shelters. Seven and older are fee waived through the entire month of November. So we still have a little bit of time to save some of those senior pets. Thank you for listening to Peace, Love and Pets on KCBX. I'm Robin with Woods and don't forget your new best friend is waiting for you at the shelter.